hello, hello. This is Tooth Be Told, Dr. Kyle Dumpert. Dr. Walter Aka. And I'm Elias Hilaire or Eli. Okay, so Eli is actually coming on. Um, he reached out to me uh, basically just talking about, hey, you know, what, why don't we talk more about like diversity and everything? And you're about to start at, is it NYU? Uh, Boston. 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 University. Boston. I apologize. That's an insult to you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, so you're going to be starting at Boston this coming year. And, you know, the one thing is um, the, the amount of African-Americans, the amount of uh, minorities, you know, Hispanics, uh, Native Americans are in, in dental schools and in dentistry in general is really, really lacking. You know, mm -hmm. I, I think we can all speak for that. You know, Kyle, how many uh, uh, minority students were in your class? Do you remember? Uh, African-American, there were probably three or four in a class of 80. Um, Asian was probably 10 to 15. Uh, Hispanic, three or four, I believe. Right, right. And yeah, exactly. For me, Hispanics were three. African-Americans were three. Uh, and um, let me see, uh, Native Americans, zero. Asians were, and that includes Indian from India, were about, I think, most 10, you see, uh, out of 80 as well. You mm -hmm. see, so these are the kinds of discussions that we need to have because that's not, that's not encompassing of, like, what America looks like, mm -hmm. right? And when we talk about diversity, we're not just talking about skin color. We're talking about just culturally, like, how do you relate to somebody? How do you treat somebody that you can't relate to culturally, you know, how do you, uh, you know, because one thing that people don't understand is dentists, we, you know, we, people trust us. People trust us to do what we need to do. It's not just, oh, I'm just gonna drill your teeth and anybody can do that. No, it's who do I trust enough to give up my um, safety, right, to? You know, right. if a person doesn't trust you or you can't relate to why they're anxious or why they've never been to the dentist. You know, I know for me personally, I. Coming from Ghana, West Africa, I never really went to the dentist every six months. It wasn't until I came to the U.S. that I actually went to the dentist, uh, you know, period. And that, that was because I had a chipped tooth in the front. And my dentist fixed it. Great guy, Dr. Goldberg, still remember him because he was a wonderful pediatrician, pediatric dentist. Um, but th that's it, you know. So how can somebody, how can you look at somebody and go, oh, why, you, why have you never been to the dentist when they're from another country or from another culture? Their mindset might be, hey, I, we only go when it hurts. And I hear that a lot. Right. Kyle, what do you think? Yep. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And it's, uh, I think it's human nature to look to the people that are like us culturally, um, racially to fit in or to have that basic level of trust. Uh, and yeah, I, I'm interested in talk, talking about this topic and, and hearing what you have to say, Eli, and kind of how you got to where you are currently and, uh, what you're seeing. Yeah. So Eli, yeah. The, well, you, you have the floor, my man. Yeah. So, um, so again, I'll reiterate, my name is Eli. Um, I'm an entering student at Boston university, uh, for the class of 2025. Uh, and yeah, I reached out to Dr. Aka, um, via email, kind of just telling him a little bit about myself and, uh, kind of why I wanted to come on the podcast and talk about, uh, this topic. Um, so yeah, uh, the, the things you guys are saying uh, basically direct, directly relates to me and my kind of my journey to dentistry as well. Um, so I, I won't tell you know my whole life story, but in short, um, when I was uh, when I just graduated from college and I started like working full time. Uh, at the time, I was still uh, 
pre-med student. Um, and I decided like, since I finally have some money in my pocket, uh, one of the things I wanted to do was go, go back and get braces. Um, I had braces before when I was uh, like in middle school um, and like beginning of high school. And when I got them off, uh, I got a retainer. I had like a really big gap before I had braces. And so I got, re I got a retainer. Um, and it, like, I just kind of noticed that it wasn't really working that well. Like I was wearing it normally, like I should have, but you know, you have to take it out to eat. And even by the time I was done eating, my teeth would already have uh, separated, especially where I had the big gap before. Um, so for a while, um, I kind of just ignored it. Um, it actually took me, I think, I think it took me probably two years to, you know, really mention it to the orthodontist. Uh, after you get your braces off, you go back for your retainer checks every, I forget how often it was. I want to say it was maybe like six weeks or it could have been six months. I don't know. But uh, I was there for one of my retainer checks and I finally, you know, mustered up the strength to tell my orthodontist, like, you know, I, I don't know. Like, I, I think I'm wearing my retainer as much as I should, but it's just not seeming to work. And, uh, he took like a closer look and he told me I needed a phrenectomy and I didn't really know what that was. Obviously now I do, but, um, uh, yeah, basically I found out that, uh, I had to get like a piece of my gums clipped in between my front teeth. And that was what was bringing my gap back. And, um, I felt like honestly at the time I felt kind of hurt because, uh, I feel like that was something that should have been noticed way earlier. Mm -hmm. Uh, maybe before I got braces or, you know, right when I got them off either way that, you know, it didn't, it wasn't a problem that just appeared, uh, like way after I got braces, you know? So, um, once I, uh, went back, I went back to the same practice, but this time a black woman had bought, well, she was the new orthodontist at that practice and, uh, she attended Howard university. So that was my first time seeing a dental professional that looked like me mm -hmm. and from, you know, from my, journey with braces and the phrenectomy and all that stuff. Uh, I, this time when I got braces, I found myself on YouTube a lot looking at like just different braces vlogs and braces videos and stuff like that, kind of trying to track like, you know, when I was going to get them off because this time, you know, I was a lot more anxious and I knew that now that I got the phrenectomy, you know, this time the gap won't come back. So I felt more confident in, you know, the process. Um, well, and then by the real quick, yeah, the first time you had actually seen a black dentist or just the first yeah. time you've seen a black orthodontist the first time i've that was the first time i've had any black medical professional in my life at all whether it be a dentist doctors doctor optometrist anything that was the first black medical professional i've ever been a patient of and and so how did you feel compared like relative to the previous uh orthodontist and i mean minus your anger for them not detecting it earlier, which I, I agree with completely, but that's another story. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> I know how I feel. <laughs> uh, so I, I definitely felt like um, she was more willing to hear me out, um, especially, you know, since I already had this problem and braces aren't cheap, you know, I told her I don't want to get braces again unless I can get a permanent retainer. And I didn't even really know that, you know, a lot of orthodontists don't really like working with permanent retainers anymore, but she, you know, she made it seem like it was no problem at all. Um, and, uh, not only that, you know, it kind of opened my eyes to a new profession. Obviously, you know, I was kind of halfway there since I was a pre-med student at the time, as far as the, uh, you know, the prereqs go and, you know, studying for those, um, those big exams like the MCAT and the DAT. Um, but you know, it, it actually made me want to take a closer look into it. 
Um, and so, yeah, that, you know, that was a really positive uh, outcome from going to a black orthodontist and kind of seeing someone in your field that looks like you, that that's something that kind of uh, sets a barrier between, you know, when you go further down the line, you see the low numbers of uh, African-American students that are even applying. Um, and that was something that I mentioned, like, of course, uh, most of the, you know, most of the schools besides Howard and Meharry and Tufts have, you know, basically under five black students in their incoming classes. Um, but I mean, they only have so much to work with. There's only, honestly, they're out of the whole applicant pool. I think like each school has somewhere around 2000 applicants, you know, more or less. And most schools don't even have more than more than 100 black students applying, maybe 150. So, so you know they're already at a uh, kind of like a dis uh, um, disadvantage to begin with. Right. You mentioned uh, the orthodontist was the first black medical professional that that you met, and but you were all already pre med at that time. Is that right? Yeah. So, um, so well, what made you? Uh, I should also mention that I have a cousin that's a, a dentist. So she, obviously she's a black dentist, but I never even really like. I, I think until I decided that I wanted to take the chance to go shadow her, which was like way after the, the whole orthodontist thing. I, I mean, the last time I saw, I think I saw my cousin in person was like when she was graduating dental school and that was in like 2003, I think. So is she, what made you decide on doing pre-med initially or, or what was your, uh, what was your inspiration to go pre-med? Yeah. So honestly, um, the whole pre-med thing was basically, uh, you know, growing up, I was kind of into like science. Um, I, I was a really strong math student, uh, like growing up and through high school and stuff. I was pretty good at science, but honestly, like to, to be completely honest, like I wasn't really that into school. I just got good grades because I was smart and I was playing sports. And like, I knew if I wanted to play sports, like I had to keep my grades up for my parents. So it was just kind of the trade-off that was there. and what what really came natural to me was math so when it came to applying to college um my parents kind of told me you know you should go in you know some kind of stem field because science and math is really a strong suit um and so i just chose biology as a major and <laughs> when i got to college it was like everybody in my class was pre-med and so that's just kind of where i fell in um and uh like another thing i kind of talked about uh and like my applications and my personal statement and stuff is uh, pre med is really is for a lot of schools, that's what's pushed heavily. They don't really push mm -hmm. as much like the pre dent track or uh, pharmacy school or anything like that to biology majors. That's kind of something you have to already have decided for yourself and then you go seek it out on your own. But if you are, you know, coming into school as a bio major, they're like pre med, pre med. That's just like what they throw at, throw at you all the time. You don't really hear about anything else. And that's actually very true, Kyle. Remember um, the two um, interviews we had with um, Corey Black, uh, Dr. Corey Black. He was pre-med. Mm -hmm. yep. um, remember, he's the one in uh, New York. Uh, then he came to dental after he shadowed and got a chance to see what dentists do. And the right. same thing happened with um, um, Braxton. Braxton yep. uh, Henderson, he was also pre-med. Then he came and shadowed. And I remember he shadowed me. Then he decided, you know, I guess I didn't scare him away. So he decided, you know, dental, you know. Yeah. So, again, it, 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 you're, you're absolutely correct. I feel like schools don't really emphasize dental at all. 
And, well, and I, I, I was pre-med also going through <laughs> yeah, my was, first three, three or four. Yeah. 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 So they don't, you know, they don't really push it as hard. Um, and I kind of had the same experience, like you mentioned, um, of course, like I said, the first time I really got to interact with a black medical professional was with my orthodontist. Um, but then like, you know, I kind of talked to my mom about it. I'm like, so what do you think about me pursuing dentistry? And she's like, well, you, you know, your cousin has a practice in Georgia. You should uh, reach out to her and see if you can come shadow. And so that's what I did. And I ended up going down there for like a week. And I think one thing that was really unique about my shadow experience, because she is a family member and you know, I could live with her and stuff is that I got to see the whole life of a dentist besides what's just in the office. Um, and, it, and that didn't scare you away. Honestly, <laughs> I think that, that I think that's right what kept me. Oh, she must she must have a nice house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's really what it was. Yes, yes, yes. She would have shadowed me. You'd be like, why is he why is he driving at me? <laughs> I'm not doing that on all they're poor. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean I mean of course, you know, the the nice things doesn't necessarily deter you, but sure. I think uh one you know, and I, I had also shadowed doctors before since I was pre med, so I had something good to compare it with. I think uh the the thing that I really liked about dentistry was um and I I, I could go down a whole list, but one this thing is, is not, like the, not an interview, so just be real. Yeah. Real, um, <laughs> honestly the the quick turnaround time. Uh yeah. like going to the doctor, well, um I was shadowing like orthopedic surgeons. So uh when someone comes into the, the orthopedic surgeon's office with like knee pain, uh it may be a week to two weeks before they can even get like an x-ray or an mri or whatever they need another month or two months before they can schedule you for surgery and then depending on what surgery you have you have probably at least six weeks to maybe as far out as six months to recover so between that you have maybe like a whole year when someone walks into your office and then when you finally see the result of you know when they first came to you and you see the fruits of your labor um, but then like my cousin's a general dentist. So when I was shadowing her, someone could walk in with tooth pain and walk out with this, with it fixed. And it's oh. a two hour appointment. And oh. I just, you know, that was something to me that I was just like, you know, this is, this, this feels a lot more uh, rewarding as far, you know, because it, for both you spend four years in undergrad, four years in uh, professional school, you know, you work really hard to get here and then you kind of, realize you know this isn't all it's cracked up to be um but yeah you know with her i you know i got to see all the benefits of not only being a dentist but running a practice you know having autonomy over your own business and what it, what it is that you do at your business um and really your life as well like i feel like doctors like work being a doctor is their entire life you're always working uh with her it was like you know she decides what she wants to do so she stays open three days a week. I think she's open four days a week, maybe the first week of every month. And then uh, I think one week she does a Saturday that she stays open to, you know, do what works for your patients. But at the end of the day, she doesn't have to, you know, her whole life doesn't have to be about being a dentist all the time. Um, and I think, you know, that's something I really liked about it. Eli, you said tooth is a really, really, I mean, just amazing, right? You said, how quick of a turnaround from someone coming to your office being in pain to them getting out of pain 
And I feel like a lot of our patients don't understand or appreciate how fast we can get you out of pain. How many, how many people you know talk about, I have hip issues, I have knee issues, and they've been dealing with that for years, right? They've been dealing with that. They go to this specialist and this person, and they'll go, let's take an x-ray here, let's do this. You come to one person, most general dentists can figure a way to get you out of pain. So I yep. think that appreciation for dentists should be there, right? And then the yeah. second, you basically hit a to hot topic that Kyle loves, which is being a pri private practice ownership. I mean, that's yep. that's exactly what we talk about. Autonomy is in, is important. I mean, Kyle, you can talk more about it, buddy. But I mean, come on. I mean, you know, that's you talk about that yeah. all the time. Like that. You, you can you, write a book about that. You, you design <laughs> your life. Dentistry gives you the opportunity to design the life that you want. I mean, you can you can specialize if you want. If you don't want to specialize, you can focus on certain areas. If you're a general dentist, if, if you really like doing root canals and crowns, you can focus your practice primarily on that. You can work as much or as little as you want and still get, you know, set up a good life for yourself, for your family. And it, it's, it's really one of the best professions out there, I believe. Uh, there's a lot of bad things to come along with it. There's some trade-offs, but for the most part, I, it's, I, I truly believe dentistry is one of the best professions out there because you are helping people. Uh, it's on a daily or weekly basis. People walk in the door with, with tooth pain. And, you know, when you talk to them, when you, a week later, two weeks later, Hey, how's that tooth feeling? I haven't even thought about it. It's been, you know, fantastic, amazing. And, and that's the biggest compliment is, you know, that makes you feel good about what you can provide to people. Well, let's let's jump into our main topic here, which is the diversity in dentistry in general. So, Eli, tell me what you're seeing right now when it comes to Boston uh, and, and, and how many African-Americans do you know that are going to dental school? So are going to be in your year, because I know now, you, you know, there's a lot of communication between different students that are going to different all over the U.S., so talk to me about like what you're seeing when it comes to diversity and what you're seeing when it comes to what schools are doing for uh, minority students. Yeah. So um, kind of my the way I ended up at Boston is uh, I thought they were pretty committed in, to uh, increasing the diversity at their school. So when I when I uh, got my interview invite there, uh, the I guess his official title is like the assistant dean of diversity and inclusion. Uh, reached out directly to me, and he's a black man, uh, Dr. Larry Dunham. And uh, when I had my interview, it was just with him, and we had a genuine conversation about that. Just you know what I was seeing as far as diversity in the, in not only just Boston, but schools all around the United States, and kind of what I thought about you know why it looked that way. Kind of like I mentioned to you, there aren't many applying to begin with, um, and you know me being at that school, like how I can help him and my class in general and all the black students there can kind of help him at least as far as our school goes increase the diversity there um and i kind of just let him know you know as a black student like i understand that the things i do can you know very much help him as well as could hurt him um when it comes to increasing diversity in the school but i know that when i get there you know one thing i'm really passionate about just being your authentic self, no matter what that means, you know, be who you are. Um, and honestly, there are people that might follow in your step footsteps just because they see what you're doing, whether it be on social media, whether it be um, around the school, 
you know, there's always someone watching what you're doing. I'm, I'm really a firm believer in that, whether you want to, you know, think whether you know that know it or not, there's always people watching what you do. I think one thing that I've noticed even is like, ever since like I posted a picture, uh, uh showing where i was going to dental school there's been a lot of black pre-dents following my page especially like a few that are uh in the same fraternity as me and i think it just you know kind of opens the doors for them to feel like they can reach out to a student directly i know that i always had kind of like a a big brother mentor type of person that was a black student or a black dentist that could kind of tell me what was going on and kind of how to navigate it so I think I kind of escaped the root of your question, but <laughs> you, <laughs> I you, a little bit. You, you mentioned that uh, with your in that phone call when he reached out to you that um, you guys were talking what the what potential reasons are where there isn't as much diversity. Um, yeah. What what did you guys come up with as potentially some of those reasons? Well, like I mentioned, I think a big reason is the fact that there aren't that many black dentists as it is now. Um, if you don't see someone in the field that looks like you, you're not really gonna be attracted to it. And I think that was kind of my story as far as it went when I met my uh, my orthodontist. Um, it's not necessarily that I had anything against dentistry. It just never really seemed like, you know, really a profession that I would pursue. Just, I never felt that I could relate to it. Um, and obviously, even if my, second orthodontist wasn't black you know it may have been the having braces twice that uh factored into it as well but i definitely think she played a role in that um and you know i'm, I'm just i'm very thankful for you know she that she entered my life at the time that she did because i already kind of knew that i wasn't super passionate about medicine i i feel like i was more passionate about helping people than i was about actual medicine and um one thing that I realized is that there was kind of only one specialization in medicine that I wanted to do as orthopedics, which is very competitive. And I felt like if, you know, if worse comes to worse, I get through medical school and I don't match with that specialization, like, will I be happy? And I, you know, I don't, I really don't think so, honestly. So I'm glad that I met her when I did and she kind of shifted my perspective or at least gave me the, idea to explore dentistry a little more just okay. from being in her presence right. here's a question for you though um in 2005 when i applied for dental school and um you know started one thing that we talked about was there aren't enough diversity there aren't enough minority representatives in dental schools period mm. it's come 2021 and we're still having the same discussion mm -hmm. Where do you think we need to improve on? I mean, minus action. Like, where do you think we need to improve on to actually get this discussion going in the right direction, you know? Because we can't yeah. just wait another, you know, uh, another 15, 16 years to have the same exact discussion again. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, I feel like we're just going in a circle. We're, we're just spinning our wheels. So we know that there's a problem. We know that we need to increase diversity, not for Howard, not for Meharry, you know, but we need to uh, basically get everybody to go all over the place so we can see more diversity. We can have more dental students applying who are minority students applying, you know. So what can we possibly do? What discussions have you guys had now? Yeah, um, well, I can say that uh, my, you know, our group me of all, all the Black students that have been accepted for the class in 2025, uh, I feel like a lot of people 
including myself, are very proactive about, um, you know, talking about ways that we can do this. So one thing that, well, there's a there's a lot of things that people have talked about, and I don't necessarily know, you know, they want me putting it out there yet, but I can say at least uh, t tomorrow, one of the students that I think she's, she's going to Howard, um, she is graduating from Spelman this semester, I believe. And I mean, like, you should have saw how quick it was. I think within maybe like six hours, she put together like a whole Zoom panel of, I think she has like eight of us from the group me that are gonna be speaking. Um, she put together a flyer, a link. She talked to a whole bunch of schools, um, pre-dental societies, uh, and kind of all is kind of already putting us out there as students that can help answer questions for minorities about, you know, things that kind of deter minorities from applying to dental schools, such as, like you said, uh, the diversity in schools that are outside of just Howard and Meharry, um, things that uh, you don't really get to talk to a real student about, such as things like applying with a low GPA or applying with a low DAT or, um, uh, you know, even some people just, even myself, like, like I said, since they push pre-med so much in undergrad, you don't even really know what it takes to apply to dental school, like the DAT, how to fill out the access, all that kind of stuff. Like some people really just don't know and the, the information isn't privy to them. So I think that's one thing we're really trying to do is really help develop, you know, the, the popularity of the profession as well as uh, set an example using ourselves as, you know, black students who are in the school and, you know, kind of just showing who we are and, you know, the other aspects to us aside from just being a student, letting people see it's, you know, it's a real attainable goal to reach dental school, like to apply to dental school and get in. Like we all did it and we're trying to show how we did it and help people kind of follow in our footsteps. I, I I'm going to preface this question as uh, I know the answer in my head on why I feel like it's important, but uh, why is it important to increase diversity in in dentistry in medical? What, what's your what's your feeling on that? Uh, well, my feeling is that um, one patients are more comfortable going to people that may they feel like they may relate to more. I know that there's a lot of people I know that like Dr. Aka said, don't go to the, um, to the dentist every six months for a cleaning. They only really go when it hurts. Um, and that's kind of like a, that's, that's not a habit you want to get into. Honestly, the, the reason you're going to the dentist every six months is for prevention. You want to get your chief tech checked out before it hurts because once it hurts, you may be to a point of no return. Um, but aside from that, you know, there are also diseases in both medicine and dentistry that affects different, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Demographics uh, at a higher rate. Things mm -hmm. like, you know, um, as far as medicine goes, things like, you know, sickle, sickle cell anemia, anemia, stuff like that. Um, I believe in dentistry, uh, gum disease is at a more prevalent late rate in the African-American community. So. Um, you know, some people are embarrassed about things like that thing. I mean, I know something that growing up, uh, this is going to sound really ignorant, but like kids, kids, uh, like in our schools, like they would even make fun of people with dark gums because they don't even know that, you know, it's just, uh, melanin cells in your gums. Like they, 
they think that you know it's some kind of gum disease or stuff like that and can, you know as a young kid that could be very impressionable on you and really embarrassing so you know as things as small as that i feel like is a reason that um you know there needs to be more black dentists you know overall i think it'll increase the health in the african-american community and can i say for for that example of the the uh, pigmented gingiva that's something that i get a lot of and having and let's let's be completely honest kyle knows he will be able to say exactly the same thing that i'm going to say to these patients right but to kind of say hey look i have it too and there's no problem with it is that connection right how right. can educate them exactly the same way i can i know that for sure but it's just that ability to just connect a little bit and say well look i have the same issue or not even sorry let me rephrase i have the same kind of gums that you do and so for mm -hmm. a little kid or for a parent they might be like oh okay well that is normal then right no. and that's yep. the kind of connection that i think you're kind of speaking about right mm -hmm. yeah when it comes to um so so Spelman is a is a is an all female like what minority school. Yeah, HBCU, yeah. US, right? Yeah. Um, then you go into Howard which is also a uh, his, uh, historically black college. Mm -hmm. Right. We're not doing anything by going to these schools when it comes to diluting the issue or or at least talking right. about, you know, um, um, diversity. So how do we get people to get out of their comfort zone and say, okay, I get it, and I'm going to be one or two of the only uh, black students or minorities in the school, but it's a way for me to kind of open a window or open mm -hmm. a door for somebody else who lives in that area. Mm -hmm. And that's something that we got to have to understand. It's like people, you know, black people are everywhere, mm -hmm. but black dentists only go to very select schools. Right. Yeah. You need to get out of that, right? Because if mm -hmm. you're we treat the community if we're treating the community they might see you eli and they might yep. say oh i didn't know this was possible for me and that's mm -hmm. in boston yep. you know or pittsburgh for myself or maybe mm -hmm. minnesota or wherever it may be you see yeah how do we get out of our own heads and say we got to go outside of the the howards yeah. and the mm -hmm. i just say yes, that so. people, by the way i don't want anybody especially dr dennis to get crazy <laughs> right <laughs> um well i can i can speak uh you know, from on my own behalf, uh, yeah. I was the same way when I was um, when I first got into dentistry and was thinking about school. So why, honestly, I really wanted to go to Howard. And I feel like, you know, some people really want to go to an HBCU, especially if they come from a predominantly white undergrad institution. Um, and, you know, like I said, I was lucky enough that, you know, when I was an undergrad, I pledged a fraternity and in my chapter alone within uh, within the three years of people that pledge before me we have now i'm i'm going to be the fourth student dentist we have two that have already graduated one from maryland one from usc nice. and one that just started at university of maryland and i was lucky to you know have that in my immediate network and be able to talk to people like that and so when i went to one and i said you know none of all of course all of them went to university of maryland for undergrad so they're coming from a predominantly white institution and they decided to go to predominantly white dental um, schools as well. Okay. Um, and, you know, I went to one of them and I said, you know, I, I really like Howard. And, you know, he kind of just told me, I understand, but you need you need to kind of expand your mindset, you know, shoot, shoot for, you know, shoot for those schools that, you know, things like Harvard, where you, you know, you're going to be the example for people that look like you. You know, when you go to Howard, you're, you're going to be a dime a dozen, but 
a school like Boston, I think right now there may be five or six students in my class that are African-American. So, I mean, I haven't checked the group me very recently because it's been really silent in there, but yeah. Um, you know, I know for me, I had, I had the opportunity to talk to someone about something like that, but like I said, not everyone does. And that's just, the, that's just the reality of it. Um, depending on, you know, where you're from or what undergrad institution you, you went to, you may not even know any dentist or anyone that's in dental school. And, you know, you have to resort to outlets like Instagram to, you know, find someone on there that you may have just seen on a, you know, like one of those uh, repost pages that, you know, repost uh, people that post like their dental school pictures or something like that. Or, you know, for me, for me, when it came to medicine, I, I looked to YouTube a lot. Um, there's a certain, there's like an orthopedic surgeon on YouTube uh, that's pretty popular named Dr. Webb, uh, a black orthopedic surgeon. And that was kind of my way of figuring out this kind of stuff when I was still a pre-med student. Um, I didn't have anyone in my network like I did when it came to dentistry. So I just had to go to YouTube. And so I think, you know, that's a, there's, there's other ways to do it, but it's not as, as personal as the experience that I had. So I, I, I think um, anybody going into dental school has some kind of mentor that they look up to that maybe helps them through the process. So one of the ways that I've seen, or I think is a good way to uh, increase diversity or one of, one of the biggest uh, buzzwords or buzz topics that they talk about is, you know, all these areas, uh, underserved areas throughout the country where uh, whether it's inner city or rural areas or, or something that uh, they, 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 you still there? Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm yeah. here. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, where they want to get better access to care for whatever population is in those underserved areas. And I think having a mentorship program where I, I, the ADA, I just got an email from them the other day that they're setting up a mentorship program to help uh, increase that, that diversity and uh, setting up those mentors that, you know, can help people in, you know, high school, college, uh, let them know this is a potential path that you can go to and um, helping them along the way, I, I think is one of the, the ways to address that issue. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. Eli. I was gonna say, yeah, I agree. I think I saw that too. Um, I think there's a, uh, a a group called Diversity in Dentistry that set up a like a mentorship program. Uh, it was uh, I, I'm literally just hearing about it all like within the last couple of days, so I'm not a hundred percent caught up on it. But I, I think there's like a they're actively working on starting that mentorship program by the the uh, diversity and dentistry group. So, you know, looking at the the um, environment in the U.S. right now with, uh, you know, police brutality and just minority issues that we're having, how does that, how do you guys think that that translate into dentistry? And how do we think, how do we have discussions amongst each other about uh, like, hey, this is what's happening with, you know, um, Black Lives Matter, with police brutality and all this stuff. Because sooner or later, we got to start talking about things like this, right? And how do we basically keep it on a level where we can respect each other's opinions without making it overly political, right? Because mm -hmm. I feel like, I, I'll, I'll raise my hand and say, I feel like politics ruins everything. 
Right. You know, I feel like once we get the government mindset in there, we we basically just shut down, right? right. And you're going into a, an area in um, Boston where we know racism has been something that's been there for a very, very long time. It's been portrayed in movies and so forth. So how do we talk about racism and, and, and minority issues with an open mind for with our classmates? You see, mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll, I'll start with Kyle. Like, how do you you know, kind of go through that, you know, because again, you and I are friends, but how do you go through that discussion, you know, when you can't, you aren't experienced that maybe as a, as a minority student? Uh, I, I think it's having an open mind and listening to what other people's uh, experiences are. Uh, obviously, I haven't experienced any kind of really blatant racism in my life. Uh, so it's not something that, you know, when, when I look at, you know, I try not to watch the news because I, I think they're more of a, they're looking for storylines and looking for, to create division in people and keep you glued to a TV. And if they can scare you enough, then you'll, you'll pay attention more and watch more news and goes into, you know, getting more advertisers and it's all about goes down to money um, where, you know, I think you two are prime examples of, you know, hundred years ago, 200 years ago, you wouldn't see a lot of black professionals. Um, I, I think the racial climate is generally getting better and better. If you don't pay attention to the news, you're uh, you're both black professionals that are, you know, miles ahead of what the black community would have been two, 300 years ago. So mm-hmm. I, I think that speaks to it. Um, but as far as. Yeah, but we're not there though, Kyle, you know what I mean? Like we're just, we're definitely not there when it comes to the representation in dentistry versus the representation in the population. Right. right. And I, I agree. I, yeah. I, I agree. And, and I, I think that comes back to um, the, uh, not having those role models to look up to, to know that it is a possibility or whatever your living situation is, you know, you're not looking uh, at dentistry as a possibility to you. I think, and this is just my experience. I think no matter who you are, if you work hard enough, uh, there is a little bit of luck involved, but if you're willing to put in the work, and you have those gifts of being smart enough to pass the exams and stuff. And if you put that work in, you can get to where you want to be. And I think you two are, are, are good examples of that. I think it's an access issue um, or a um, not knowing what is available issue. I mean, you know, so general school is expensive, Eli. Have you noticed, you know, or had discussions with other uh, dental students about the cost and like what you guys are going to do? Because I know me, if I grew up in an environment where like we don't have much, how can I afford dental school? <laughs> like that's the first thing I'm going to think of. There's no way I'm going to go to a dental school when I can't afford it. You know what right. I mean? So, so these are the kind of discussions that like, and have you noticed that? And have you had oh, yeah. with other uh, <laughs> minority students? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, even in our group me for, you know, class of 2025, I think that's where we have the discussion the most, especially because, you know, you didn't, to be in the group me, you don't have to have committed to a school. You just have to have been accepted to one. Okay. So it's still, you know, I've been in there since 
January, but, you know, over time, there's still students that have been on the fence about different schools. And, you know, we're talking about, you know, the benefits of, uh, you know, one school versus the other. And uh, every time, you know, it all boggles down to the cost. And, you know, we talked about NYU a, a few times in there because of that same reason. <laughs> um, and okay. don't get don't get me wrong. You know, Boston's not a cheap school either. Right. I was fortunate right. enough to receive you know some scholarship money. Um, but you know, even with uh, Paolo and talking about USC, that's not a cheap school by any means either. So uh, we talk about costs a lot, and you know, I don't think anyone really knows <laughs> why the cost is what it is um well, i know why yeah i know yeah, why i know why yeah yeah um but i think uh you know debt is a scary thing for the black community i i will say that um and when it comes to you know thinking about when someone tells you you know you may have to go half a million dollars into debt in order to go to dental school that is something that will turn some people away immediately without even thinking about what the return of investment is um, because they, they have no way to see it. You know, I, I'm lucky enough to have a family member that is in, that is owns a practice. So I have, you know, I have a better resource than Google when it comes to finding out how much dentists make and Google can be a little misleading uh, if you look up an average dentist salary. So, um, you know, things like that, like, like Dr. Dumper said, it's all about access, you know, the resources you have access to, the people you have access to. And like I said, I didn't receive access to a minority dentist until I was, you know, after I graduated college. Um, you know, I had, I had access to students, but not everyone does. So it's all like, like you said, like, it's about increasing access to people, to resources, to money, <laughs> to a lot of things, um, but all of these things serve as kind of barriers to keep kind of keep people away from the profession. I think. Right. I agree. Um, have you or do you know anybody who's already dealt with any racial issues um, in dental school, applying for dental school, or as a dentist? You know, for example, I'll tell a story of my own in dental school, and this was a classmate of mine. We're, I'm still friends with him. You know, but I remember him um, coming to me one day. We were driving somewhere, and he was like, "Yeah, well, you know, we were talking about just basically diversity in dental school." He's like, "Well, you got in because of uh, affirmative action, right?" And I was like, "Like initially, I could you by surprise. Like, are you serious?" And I, at first, right. I was like, yeah, well, "Where is he going with this?" And I let him finish, and I was like, "Well, no. I mean, my grades. If you look, I can tell you, <laughs> tell you my grades. It doesn't matter. I can tell you that my grades were better than yours and other people." But in their mind, it was like, oh, well, we need to make a space for you. So affirmative action allowed you to get in, you know? And that's something that I remember just going like, are you, are you serious? You know? Right. Then when I was at the VA, my first patient didn't want to, didn't want to see me. And I think Kyle, I talked about this with you, didn't want to see me. And we went to the same VA. I mean, great experience, great VA, I mean, opportunity for anybody. But I remember my first patient was like, no, I don't want to see him. And my director, Dr. Sullivan was like, well, if you don't see him, then we're going to kick you out. So having somebody like that to just be like, no, you're not doing this here, you know, it's something mm -hmm. that uh, was was huge for me because that was like, okay, that's my, that's my mentor now, and and that's somebody that was sticking up for me. But have you heard or seen anything like that? Um, honestly, I haven't. Uh, granted, I haven't even 
spent one day in dental school yet. So oh, yeah. I, still, I still have plenty of time. And uh, honestly, what well, you hopefully said, you don't ever do that. Yeah. Hopefully you don't. Right. Ever. <laughs> um, what I, what I will say is that uh, what, what you said doesn't really sound like something that would never happen to me. Uh, I mean, even shoot, I could tell you about <laughs> in high school when I got in the university of Maryland and, you know, some of my classmates didn't, you know, in high school, I had a, 3.5 GPA. I think I got like a 1740 or something on the SAT. Like I had, you know, pretty good grades and a pretty good SAT score, but because I got into Maryland and they did it and, you know, growing up in Maryland, a lot of people, that's their dream school. Um, you know, it, it was reduced to, I mean, well, you know, you got it because you're black. Right. And I'm like, well, I mean, I am black, but you know, I also have better stats than you. So right. that's why right. um, so. A, lot, a lot of people don't like a lot of people don't think that way. You know, or, right. or they don't want to believe that they think that there's some kind of systemic issue that, that's actually uh, against them. Right. As, yeah. As as a as a white as a white male or female, it's, it's the system's against you. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, no, the system's the system's been helping you for a very long time. <laughs> like it's, right. It's completely the other way around. But okay, let's talk yeah. about so, it. You know. So so do you think? Um, and if this question is too political, feel free to ignore it. Uh, do you think the government trying to come in and fix something by putting in place affirmative action, do you think that helped or hurt the African-American community overall? You because know, if, if, a- if, if people are saying to you, oh, you got in because you're black because of affirmative action, is that really something that's helping the African-American community? Okay. Right. Yeah. I, I definitely understand like what you're asking. I will say for me personally, if, you know, if my stats back up my, the reasoning for why I got in and there's, you know, there's no question, you know, what right. regarding whether it was race or, you know, if, when I go to dental school and people are asking, you know, what did you get on the DAT? And I say 21, then that's why I got in, you know, it's not about anything else. Honestly, that's an above average DAT score. So that's all that should concern you as far as, you know, as far as it goes when you're asking me, um, you know, now, you know, I think that's just ignorance, honestly. Um, people say that as a cop out because they don't know what your stats are. Um, but, you know, once you tell them, you know, I mean, they don't know, so that's what they reduce it to. But if they knew, they wouldn't even really say it. So, I mean, I don't know if it's really hurt us more than it's helped us. Regardless, I think there are reasons aside from, affirmative action why we end up the places that we are um and as far as as far as it comes to me i know that i've always had the you know the the rap sheet to back it up that i don't have to reduce anything i do to affirmative action of helping me or something like that you know and kyle to answer your question affirmative action um, when it was first introduced was basically try to try to level the playing field because there were a lot of bigger entities that were trying to say well you're not going to even have access to this. Right, right. right. And as we went along, maybe it's not as needed, but it's still something that we all can agree is not, hasn't improved or or we haven't gone as far as we could have, right? Yeah, I agree with you that sometimes the government is very wasteful. The government comes in and sometimes makes things worse. But in this situation, I think having a somewhat of a, a level playing field or at least get close to that was beneficial. Okay. You know, I can't speak for how it's transversed and gotten to this point. But I can tell you that just even saying that, hey, you need to hire somebody 
uh, or you can't have this mindset that I'm not going to hire somebody because of a skin color or something like that. It's not right. right. That's something right. that they, the government should have never gotten involved, but clearly they needed to in order for them to to show that there is literally no way you're going to, you know, you're going to um, be discriminatory towards somebody just right. based on skin right. color. You see, so right. I think uh, affirmative action was something that was needed uh, back in the day. And I actually think it's somewhat needed now, even if we don't want to, even if we've come a long way, we've come a long way from the bottom, right? Like if you went from one to, I mean, if you want to go from like zero to 10, you know, you've 10x your, your gains, but we're still not at 100, right? And, and so those are the kinds of discussions that we need to have is, yeah, we've come a long way, but are we actually there? Right. I truly I can Kyle, we all know how you feel about the government. You know, <laughs> you know <laughs> we all know but I do believe that there are certain goals and aspirations and certain things that they've established that did help. Right. You know what I mean? Am I saying right. that people aren't using that as a crust to say, Well, you must have gotten in because of that? I mean, Eli said it best. His rap sheet speaks for itself. Right. So for exactly. somebody to make that mention is basically them being ignorant, saying, Oh, I need right. to make an excuse for why I didn't get it. That's right. their problem. Right. 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 Yeah, there, there's yeah, there, there's people out there that aren't going to like you, whether it's a skin color, whether it's where you're from, wh- whether it's, uh, you know, what your political background is, whatever. Uh, I look at those as, you know, those are all individual challenges that, you know, help to build character. Uh, some people you're just not going to get along with. But like Eli said, you have the grades, you have, you know, you deserve to be there. And when I want to go to see a doctor or see a dentist, I want the person that is going to be there or that is going to treat me the best that, um, that I can one relate to one that Mm -hmm. I can trust and one that's going to, you know, give me the best chance of being the healthy person that I want to be or main or achieve the goals that I want to achieve with my health. Um, so that's why I was asking, did affirmative action hurt? Because it puts that doubt in some people's mind that, um, well, you're not here because you're the best. You're here because of some other reason um, where it should be. And, and dental school, the thing of dentistry isn't you want the smartest person in the world working on you because brains if you all you have is brains, you're not going to be a good dentist. You might suck with working with your hands. It's it's an art form. It's you know you have to be that complete package. So dentistry is hard in the fact that you can't base it straight on grades. How did you perform on this test? You need to have that whole package. And uh, I, I don't know the good a good way to you know screen people to get the best uh, of that whole package into dental school. But you know there's skin color has nothing to do with whether you're a good dentist or not. You know, and it's funny too, because people don't realize this, that, you know, the one thing about dentistry and medicine and any profession, mostly it's, it kind of, you'll, you'll be, I mean, it kind of evens everything out because in order to graduate, you have to get through certain things, especially in dentistry. You have to get through your didactics. You have to get through your hand skills and everything. There's so many ways where they can just eliminate and cut you off. So many different ways. So you getting through is just basically a, an homage to say that you actually were smart enough and good enough to get out of there. I mean, there are some people I wouldn't trust. I've already said this on the podcast. If you go back and listen to any episode, just pick an episode. And there are some 
percent of my classmates, I'm like, don't touch me or anybody that I care or love about, right? And that's always right. gonna that's always gonna be the case. But they're smart enough to get through, you know. Right. Um, what? But I will tell you, like you said, Kyle, skin color has nothing to do with it. Let's be completely honest. No. You know, it's your driving determination. But I think it all starts from how do we get how do we get more people access right. so that they can prove their intelligence, their skill set, right. so forth. That's the issue with getting that access, like you said, Eli. That initial access that the kids that are in elementary school to know that dentist, look, Eli is a dentist. Oh, Dr. Eli, okay. Let's talk about like how did you get there? And they can see themselves, okay, he used to play sports and I like sports too. And then he's black and I'm black. And you know, that connection. Right. right. That's what they the, the um ADA needs to really worry about. They don't they don't need they need to stop worrying about dumb crap about you know COVID and then uh, we're gonna give shots or whatever. That's dumb to me. Focus on what actually matters to people. You know, that's yeah. another story. I'm not gonna get into that. <laughs> yeah, and in my, in my Boston interview, um, in my interview at Boston, they actually mentioned that uh, part of their first first year curriculum, they actually traveled to like Boston area schools. Um, I can't remember if he said middle school or elementary school, but that's something that they're act they're really actively involved in their community. And I think, you know, that's I'm always thinking about, you know, how am I going to kind of leave my imprint in helping increase the diversity in dentistry? Um, and what can I do before I am an actual dentist that, you know, may play a role in someone's decision, you know, growing up about, you know, deciding to look more into dentistry or someone that's in college deciding to switch from pre-med to pre-dent or something like that. And um, yeah, like I said, I think the biggest thing is kind of putting myself out there, volunteering, being in the community, showing face, you know, letting people see me that way, you know, they feel they have seen someone and they, they feel like they have that access. They feel like they have someone they can reach out to and kind of talk about, you know, how do I apply for dental school? What do I need to do to get ready for the DAT, et cetera? Things that, you know, they don't always get the answer to, especially not from advisors. I know, like, like I said, time and time again, especially not from, you know, your undergrad institution where they honestly act like dentistry isn't even a career field. Like, it's always medicine all the time. I think that's an issue that I, I really felt passionate about is that, you know, they don't, they don't really give you the opportunity to really go out and explore when they push one thing so heavily. Well, okay, let's end it here with, um, do you have any questions for us? Because you're going to be the future here. You know, Kyle and I yeah. are going to be retired, hopefully. Kyle's going to be surfing until <laughs> he's at 90. Uh, <laughs> and hell, I might be joining you, Kyle, after the last, <laughs> last uh, you know, podcast. But, uh, you know, uh, do you have any questions for us or do you have any comments to make or any advice to give to pre-dentals? Because I'm going to consider you a dental now. Right, <laughs> right you, yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. unless you don't show up for the first day, you're a dental, you know? Right. So, <laughs> so, so do um, you have any advice or do you have any comments or questions or anything for anybody, you know? This yeah. Um, as far as advice goes, I would say, you know, no matter where you are now, um, as far as your journey to pursuing dentistry for assuming you're already a pre-dental student, especially like, you know, no matter if your grades suck right now, no matter if you already took the DAT once and you felt like your score wasn't good. Honestly, like I would say, like, just keep going. Like you, you are the only person that's going to stop yourself from getting a dental school. And that's the honest truth. If you give up, that's the only way you're not going to make it there. I know plenty of people that have just 
kept pushing through, even though, you know, they started their first two years of undergrad with a 2.0 or they took the DAT once and got a 15 or something like that. Like, honestly, you really have to just keep going. Like, you will get in if you just keep trying. That's just the honest truth. Um, as far as questions go, I would ask you, Dr. Aka, if you could take yourself back to when you were in dental school, uh, you know, whether it was first year or fourth year, what would you have done differently to kind of help, or if you would have done anything different, differently, or what did you do um, to kind of help as a dental student, uh, you know, make your, your footprint helping uh, increase diversity? Mm. Is there anything you would go back and do uh, if you, you know, got a chance to do it again? Um, well, that's a good question. Uh, so for me, a lot of times it was talking to the pre-med organization for minority students, Palms. At University of Pittsburgh, I was a member, right? Mm -hmm. And I remember I was the only dental. And I used to be like, hey, we need to go to dental school and see what they're doing and stuff like that. And I just think that just giving people an opportunity to go see what dental schools can do, what dentists can do, it's usually that turnaround that people need. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, Kyle mentions like just the, 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 the great independence that you get as a, as, a, as a practice owner right? The ability that we have to make our own schedules, to live a good life, not be stressed, you know, to give back at a faster rate than other professions. All these matter. And I think just giving people that, that, that you know, a little door or window to see what we see and why we're so passionate about dentistry would be what I would do differently. I would actually go and do more of that, you know, because when you're in dental school, <laughs> dental school becomes your only tunnel. That's yeah. all you think about, man. I'll be honest with you. Like, I love hearing everything you're saying. I'm going to see you in a year. You're going to be like, oh, <laughs> I didn't even know. <laughs> I didn't even know the news existed. I didn't even know. The, you go into survival watching. mode at that point. You just, I just need to survive yeah. this. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's it. It's not until you literally get to third and fourth year that you just kind of take a sigh and go, oh, the world does exist. For two years, <laughs> nothing else exists. And that was the one thing that if I could go back with the knowledge that I have now, I would make it so that other things existed so that I could do that. You know, it wasn't until my third and fourth year when I was able to bring on uh, other students and go talk to these pre-med organizations that I, I started seeing the difference. And I was able to convince uh, and convert uh, other people to dentistry. And they're doing excellent now, you know, uh, because people don't even know that in dentistry, we have anesthesiologists. So let's just say you don't even like anything to do with dentistry, but you still like the medical aspect, putting people to sleep and stuff. There's literally a whole gambit of people in dentistry now. And it's a specialist now. It's a recognized specialty that you can go and do anesthesia and put kids to sleep and put adults to sleep and so forth and help with the dental fear. Because that's, that, that's, that's real. Dental fear mm -hmm. is real. You, yeah. know? And, and, you know, so these are the things that, like, people don't know or, or people don't understand. Then guess what? They, they, they just won't. You know, if I, if, like me, I, we, Kyle and I joke about this all the time. I don't know anything about surfing. I might have done it one time, right? <laughs> but if, if, if somebody doesn't introduce me, I just think that that's uh, something that doesn't even apply to me. I'm ignore that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And if I watch the news, there's people getting attacked by sharks in the water. <laughs> so that's yeah, another, yeah. another reason why I'm not going to go that route, you see? Yeah. So again, yeah. that, that one hands-on experience, that ability, and not everybody gets the opportunity like you did of having a person that they could see the before, I mean, you know, before work, during work, and after work. Mm -hmm. If they actually yeah. took the time to see the before, after, or during and after, they'd be like, man, dentistry is all right. You know what yeah. I mean? But 
because while we're in there, we're stressed because we're dealing with so much. But outside, you know, we're hanging out, we're hanging with family, we're working out, we're doing all this extra stuff. And they're like, man, this is a lot better than some of the medical people that got to deal with. And then yeah. for that, they would be like, I'm going down. Yeah, I think. You know, uh, what, what do you think, man? I mean, like, what, what do you think we could do, you know, from your point of view to kind of help with, with, with this whole situation of just inclusion? Kyle. Um, I, I think it's something that no matter what stage you're in, there's probably somebody looking up to you. So Eli, there, there's probably a lot of pre-dental students uh, or people in college or high school that are, are going to be looking up to you. Uh, Dr. Aka, there's people that are in dental school that are in you know high school that are looking up to you. A lot of times we don't know that we're somebody's role model. So, you know, pay attention to, to how you act, how you hold yourself, uh, because somebody's looking up to you for that role model of how, how do I get my life to be like this person's life? And uh, I, I think present ourselves in a way that, you know, if we were you know to be on the front page of the newspaper, uh, we're comfortable with that image that we're portraying of ourselves. So it, a lot of introspection, I guess, it, to, to make sure you're presenting yourself in a way that you're proud of. And knowing that unbeknownst to you, there are a lot of people that are looking up to you for where you are now and how they can follow that trail that you're helping to blaze so they can you know, get to that same point also. And then, you know, I will say, Eli, uh, this is for you because I've actually, I've done a lot and I love doing this is you know whenever anybody even mentions dental like oh I'm thinking about dentistry take them take them on I don't care who they are take them on and be like yeah let me show you what I do just the opportunity and the person that actually saying yeah sure what you just said is actually a good idea because sometimes like you said right you don't know you don't know oh well I'm good at math but would I really be a good dentist you don't know but having that discussion with them and talking to them. Now you can relate to that person and say, well, I was good at math too. I didn't think medicine was for me. I didn't think, you know, and now look at me. I love what I do and I'm doing this and I'm incorporating dentistry in this situation. I'm incorporating math in this situation. A lot of people don't realize that if you were a computer science or good with computers, you'd be incredible in dentistry because dentistry is moving towards a lot of like, you know, lasers and then and, and three-dimensional imaging and, and, and cat cam and, you know, uh, uh, what's it called? Those uh, the 3D uh, printing and all that stuff. Yeah. That's that's where dentistry is going to the point where like you know people like if you send an impression to the lab. There, there's no one literally sitting there doing the what they used to do as a lab tech, waxing stuff up anymore. They're like, okay, let me just scan this, and let me do this, and let me have the computer do all that. So dentistry yeah. is evolving every single year, and that's what we need to understand and and show everybody that no matter what you are or what you like. There's something in dentistry, I promise you, something in dentistry for you. No. You know, the ADA should pay me for that right there. That, that's <laughs> the, <laughs> the ADA needs to pay me, and if they steal my idea, I swear to God, I'm suing them. <laughs> Gentlemen, this was a great honor. I really appreciate this conversation. You know, um, if anybody has anything to say, I'm out. I'm done talking. You guys can go ahead and take it. Yeah, agreed. I really appreciate it. Um... It's funny that you mentioned the surfing thing. The uh, the last episode you guys had did with the uh, 
the dentist that bought the practice uh, during COVID in Hawaii, uh, he mentioned like he still, you know, he has a kid and he still gets a chance to surf every week. <laughs> like it's, it's something like that, that, you know, people don't know, like, you know, being, I mean, personally, I think being a dentist is really cool. Like people just haven't seen it for themselves. Um, but, you know, I have and I'm 100% in. So, um, yeah, like you said, uh, there's always, you know, people out there willing to serve as mentors. I'm definitely one of them. Uh, for anyone who listens that wants to follow me on Instagram, my Instagram is uh, underscore Book of Eli, like the movie. Oh, um, yeah. And um, I'm, I'm also starting a YouTube channel because I want to, you know, give people a chance to see like what people do as pre dense see what people do in dental school. Whenever I do have the time to record or do like a short YouTube video. I mean, right now I've been sticking to since we're around the time of the application cycle, just offering advice for, you know, my tips for um, my tips for applying to dental school, taking the DAT, how I studied, how I applied as a student on the, you know, the lower end of GPA spectrum. Uh, and then, like I mentioned to you guys, like applying as a non-traditional student, someone that graduated undergrad almost, well, yeah, about four years ago now. Uh, you know, spend some time working, doing different things, figuring out what I wanted to do. And then, you know, going back and taking that DAT and applying to dental school and getting in on the first try, which is, you know, pretty, I would say, you know, it's kind of lucky for me, but, you know, I definitely want to have the chance to give back and kind of, you know, give that information out to people that I was lucky to receive from others, but not everyone, you know, gets to receive. So. Yeah, uh, the and, YouTube will be student Dr. Eli. <laughs> and, and you guys uh, that that aren't watching us on YouTube right now, you should log on to YouTube and check out Eli's teeth because you're shout out to your second orthodontist because those <laughs> things are looking good. <laughs> that is very, thank you, thank you. That is very, he, was, he was blinding us. He was blinding us. <laughs> yeah. If they use you, Eli, at, at the school, make sure that they pay you for that, right? Yeah, more scholarship money from Boston. My man, I really exactly. appreciate it. <laughs> you're listening. Uh, you know, and, 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 you know, Kyle, you're absolutely correct. If you go on our uh, you, um, YouTube page, it's a Tooth Be Told podcast. Just Tooth Be Told podcast. Uh, you'll see Eli's uh, wonderful, uh, good-looking face on there. And then maybe he'll connect us with his podcast and it'll be a full circle, you know? Yeah. Uh, and of course, you can always listen to our podcast uh, through any kind of uh, uh, podcast medium or whatever it may be. You know, we're actually old people, but we're doing all right, Kyle. You know? <laughs> yeah, I see, I see you guys working. You know, I think I think when I first started listening to you guys, uh, you didn't even have a YouTube yet, I don't yeah. think, or like, you guys are just getting it started. Yeah, so, you, you should see the struggle it was. Still learning. learning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> learning. <laughs> Yeah, man. But no, this is wonderful, guys. Definitely appreciate your time, Eli. Good luck with the future. We we know that you, you're going to have a bright future. You know, it seems Thank like you, every man. time we talk to another person that's going to demo school, we're like, God, we would have we never made it, Kyle, with these. <laughs> yeah. if we had to deal with this competition, you know what Absolutely. I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, yeah, thank God we got out, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, good luck with everything, and we definitely appreciate you guys. Though. All right? Thank you. Thank All right, you. Eli. Take care of yourself, brother. All right. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Tooth Be Told. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at realdentist with an S at gmail.com. That's realdentist, R-E-A-L, dentist with an S at gmail.com. Remember, the opinions on this podcast are just that, our professional opinions. The final decision about your health should be made by you and a trusted dental professional.